Hello, everyone. I'm Lou Marciani, the director of the Innovation Institute for Fan Experience and the host of Dr. Lou's Views, a series of podcasts about the current issues and challenges facing the sports and entertainment industry that contribute to the ideal fan experience. The focus of this entire series is to track technology, its trends, and industry gaps while identifying technologies that can help our industry address these current and emerging challenges. Uh, as teams and uh, entertainment agencies and leagues navigate their return to work, play, and spectate, they rely on innovation and these solutions to manage and keep their facilities safe, communicate and connect with fans, and provide technologies to enhance the fan experience and the health uh, and safety efficiencies. Our guest today is representing Genetech. Chris Digish, the technology partner manager specializing in license plate recognition solutions, is going to talk to us today about frictionless parking, a new trend that's taking place that's really under the leadership of Genetech in this country to uh, see if we can improve the fan journey relative to parking. So I think it's a very important aspect of the journey, Chris. Uh, we, we know that from research, we know that from uh, the industry itself. Uh, what, you know, let me ask you this. What are things that people think about when it comes to parking? Dr. Lou, first, thank you very much for having me on the show. I, uh, I'm very, very uh, honored to be here. Um, so it's an interesting question and, and the answer is, the reality is most people don't think about parking. Whether you're going to the mall, whether you're going to a venue, whether you're going to a stadium, you're excited about the game, you're excited about the concert, you're excited about going there, even if it's just the experience, but you're not thinking about parking. The reality is in North America, we have plenty of land space and most people expect there to be parking when they arrive. So whether you're going to Target, whether you're going to Costco, whether you're going to a venue, you, you expect there to be parking uh, abundant when you're there. And if it's not there, it, it kind of sours the journey a little bit. Yeah, no question. We hear that all the time. You know, a 30 minute wait to get into a, for a concert say last night, it ruins the whole experience right up front before the event even begins. So what, what do you say about that? Uh, 30 minutes is actually probably not that bad, depending on where you're going. Uh, you know, a, a real life anecdote, uh, was last October. So October of 2021, um, the, uh, I, I got three kids. They're all into soccer. My two daughters are, are, you know, soccer, uh, maniacs. And, uh, they were very excited because the, uh, New Zealand national team was, was coming to play. It was the women's new, new women's, uh, New Zealand national team. So everybody had a bit of cabin fever because of Omicron. So the coach kind of organized this whole, uh, you know, outing and, we went and it was kind of like a, a team organized thing. So getting there was absolutely horrendous. Like getting like one, the last mile of that journey was crazy. It took forever to get into the venue. Once you got into the venue, you had to wait a lineup to pay at the pay station uh, for parking. It was a very, very difficult and challenging process. And by the time we got down, I don't want to exaggerate, but probably I would say 12, 12, par 12 sets of families or 12 parents, however you want to look at it, um, we're saying, I am never coming here again. Think about that. 
these people worked very hard. This organization worked very hard. It was an MLS venue. They worked very hard to, to put this thing together. They were able to draw a crowd and people left with the, with the notion that they never want to come here again. And why? Because of parking, which is probably the, the last thing that's on most people's minds. So um, it, it is a serious concern. And, and the reality is, whether you like it or not, it's a key part of the journey. It's what the, you know, what's what the experience usually starts and ends with. Uh, at least that's what we say in the parking world. No, I, I, Chris, I think you're 100% right. Now, let's think where we are right now. Uh, parking is significant on the journey. But here comes COVID. So has COVID had any impact on parking at stadiums? Absolutely. So it's very interesting. We're, our flagship uh, project uh, we worked with was with, with the, uh, the Martins organization. And this whole project started way before COVID. You know, people even knew the name COVID. Uh, at the time, the director of parking was uh, Mike McKeon. Uh, you know, we were working with him. He had a vision. And we started this whole thing. And then when, when COVID started, boom, everything got put on ice, right? So everything stopped. I mean, people were, you know, some people were furloughed. But, you know, it, the whole thing was kind of, we didn't know what was going to happen. And it kind of went dormant. And then uh, probably about five, six months ago, the whole thing started up again. And it was a different drive. The initial reason for having this project was absolutely, uh, you know, fan dissatisfaction with the way things were before. And that had to change. But the fact that COVID came along, was kind of um, giving it that extra boost it needed. It wasn't initially planned that way, but um, the fact that you have a frictionless parking means you have less contact with pay stations and less contact with other people, hence making the process uh, smoother, but also making it more hygienic, which was a, a byproduct of this whole thing. Yeah, no, 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 there's no question about it. Now, to get deep into... Uh, improving parking for this journey as we're striving for first we have to start what are the main issues that stadiums have with parking now, let's start with the issues i'm running a, a stadium for a professional organization what are my issues in today's world so you know stadiums in many ways are the same and also in many ways are different than uh, 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 any sort of uh, end destination you know, if you're going to Costco or you think about going to Costco, the reality is you're going to go to Costco on Saturday, Monday, whenever it's convenient for you, and that's where you're going to go. When you're looking at a venue, you have a tremendous amount of people that need to get there pretty much at the same time, whether it's kickoff, whether it's the opening pitch, whatever it is that you're, you know, the beginning of the concert. And you have to get a tremendous amount of people in one space in a very short period of time. And depending on that venue, where it's located, that, that can be a challenge. And sometimes we see people waiting you know, we talked about 30 minutes before. Uh, when we were studying what was going on at the Martin's uh, um, venue, we were looking at up to 80 minutes, sometimes two hours to get in, depending on the draw and depending on it. That can be terribly frustrating. More so, it could be very upsetting if you're not a regular game goer and, you know, you happen to get tickets for this one game, you bring the family, heaven forbid you missed the opening pitch. You know, that was one of the complaints that people had. They weren't getting there when they were supposed to. And they weren't planning on a two-hour wait to get in. So that could be, um, you know, a unique challenge to these venues that we won't see at a, you know, a typical parking uh, a lot or, or another destination that, that we might look at. So if you summarize, I'm a stadium uh, operator. I'm, I'm listening to this podcast. So in summary, what do you see as, a, as an expert, the, the real top three maybe issues that I, have, I should be thinking about in my stadium, you know? All right. Absolutely. So the first thing is the delay in getting in is going to affect 
the mood of your fans, right? As I mentioned before, one thing that was very unique about this project, because I've been doing parking for, for a very long time. One thing was different about this project that I had to get my head wrapped around. Um, they kept driving. The driver here is not about revenue. It's not about, uh, it, it, it was really about guest dissatisfaction. People were complaining and they wanted that experience to be better. So if you want a first class experience, you want to look at frictionless parking. That's the first thing. The second thing is getting fans in sooner one puts them in a better mood, two puts them in a festive spirit a little bit sooner, and three, the reality is if they're in there sooner, they're probably going to be enjoying that extra beer. If they're in there for, for you know, uh, 30 minutes sooner, that's 30 minutes where they could be buying more hot dogs, you know, enjoying themselves and taking advantage of all the concessions. So it, it's a win-win situation. You get them in sooner. Parking, which is not something that, that should be part of, uh, the, of the thought process, is removed. People get in there sooner, enjoy the game uh, that much more. So to me, there's a, there, that's a few reasons. Um, no. the other, sorry, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say there, there is an, there is another aspect in, in part of what you do with the, um, the frictionless process is you're using some technology to kind of facilitate this whole parking. And that technology also generates some very useful data for you that can be used in, in other senses when you're, when you're looking at some of the marketing stuff as well. So there's a lot of benefits to be drawn from, you know, moving to a more modern frictionless process. Yeah. So we take, we keep talking about this Marlin project and what is different about the new solutions that you were able to observe and do at Marlin's than ever done before to meet those issues you just mentioned. So, so now we're taking parking from A to B. So what is right. B, what is B going to look like? So tomorrow. Right. So Let's talk about the Marlins before. So the again, the main driver, and, and the reason I keep bringing this up is because as a parking guy, typically I work with cities, with universities on, on their parking challenges, and the drivers are typically efficiency, compliance. How do we get more people to follow the rules and how do we become more efficient with the limited staff that we have? And this was not the case. From the very beginning, you know, uh, I, I mentioned Mike's name, Mike McKeon. He kept having to refocus us and saying, look, it's not about uh, uh, you know, squeezing more revenue out of this. It's about making the fan experience better. It was fan dissatisfaction that was driving this thing from beginning to end. And we kind of had to adjust a little bit along the way. And what would happen was fans would show up and depending on the draw, uh, you know, if it was a big game or like if the Yankees were coming to town or if it was a concert, you would have a, you know, closer to a sellout crowd. There could be up to 20 different lanes of people coming in, having to stop and having an agent take payment with a handheld. So imagine this particular venue wasn't well suited with public transportation or mass transit, I should say. Um, it was in a somewhat residential slash industrial area. So th the actual arteries getting in weren't made, I, I would say, for, for getting that many people in that quickly. And having to stop them was a challenge. So what we did with the frictionless was we got rid of that stop. So when people came in and had to stop and pay, that was completely removed. People would just come in and park. Now, they still had to pay for parking but they could reserve ahead of time. Uh, they could park at the venue while they were in their seats, while they were in the parking lot. And the best part is, which was truly innovative, they were even able to park after they left. All right, so that's to me the ultimate in comfort. You could show up, no gates, no one stopping you, park, enjoy the game, leave, and then, oh, I forgot to park. I'll, I could, you could even pay once you've gotten home from the comfort of your own phone and not have to worry about hygienic stuff, which ties into the, some of that COVID stuff we talked about before. Well, let's um, be realistic for a minute and, and 
again, I'm uh, representing an owner of a, of a facility. What are the, what are, there's got to be some drawbacks to frictionless parking. What would they be? So I'm going to talk about the theoretical drawbacks. One yeah. of the biggest concerns up front was, well, look, if we're not going to put a gate or we're not going to stop people from coming in or stop people from leaving, they're just going to come and go and not pay for parking. And, and that was, that was always the, you know, this, is this, you know, is this thing going to blow up? Is this whole thing going to be one bad experiment that goes south? And the reality is, and we have the, the you know, the, we, we looked at the stats, it turns out 95, like when people came in, there was a lot of effort put into making sure we educated the people. There was plenty of signs that explained to them, Hey, you need to pay for parking. You, you know, we use your license plate as the, as a credential. All of this was really a, a lot of Time and effort was put in. We partnered with the Miami Parking Authority. They were our partners for the, uh, the enforcement side, if you will. And they were great partners. And this whole thing worked out really well. Now, what were the actual stats? 95% of the fans, so 95%, which is a, a significantly high number, of the fans paid for parking without having to be prompted whatsoever. Oh. During, and the way the system worked was around the third or fourth inning, a vehicle would go by with the technology and it was able to, to detect vehicles that had not yet paid. So those, those fans would get what was called a promissory note. So it's kind of like a ticket, but it's not a ticket. The ticket basically says, hey, please pay within the next 24 hours, or else it will become a ticket, and you'll have to pay more than whatever the fee was. Let's say it was $15. And that brought the number to 98%. So the, the boogeyman that we were waiting for never showed up. And in fact, 98% is a, is a fantastic compliance rate. Uh, in in most parking uh, programs, actually, that's usually well above what people expect. No, oh, that's uh, pretty phenomenal. Now, what about the non-revenue parking? What, what what's the impact on that? You know, uh, you, we we have stadiums that are uh, they're non-revenue. You know, non-venue. Okay. Yeah. What what is the difference? Uh, yeah. What is the non-venue parking solution? That's what I was asking. Yeah. Okay. So you know. When we typically deal with cities, again, it's a very different game. It's a very different mindset. And that's one of the things we, we kept having to get reset on. When you're talking about cities, it's a different challenge. People are parking on the streets. Uh, again, it's not a bunch of people arriving at the same time. And again, the push is always about efficiency and compliance. These are I've been in parking for a long time. Those two words come up over and over. It's a very common theme. Um, and that's not to say that the only thing cities are, are after are giving tickets, not at all. In fact, um, you know, there might be some exceptions that are like that, but overall, cities are about compliance. Here, it's a, it's a different game because here, again, it's about the guest experience. It's about the fan experience and having, having to do that. In the cities, it's not so much about the experience. It's about there's a limited amount of parking on the, on the curbside and we want to manage it well. So I would say, you know, the mindset in looking at the challenge from the very beginning is very different. And that's why we kind of had to develop some new technology around this. You know, it's funny, we were um, in working with the, uh, with the, with the, with our software engineers, they would be like, Oh, Chris, okay, we got them. We could, you know, at this point, do we start pushing out the ticket? No, no, no. We're like, um, we actually gave them 72 hours to pay, even though the signs clearly state 24 hours. It's like, yeah, but after 24, we got them. No, because we want to make sure that they don't have a bad experience. And every Every additional feature that we brought in was really, you know, in this um, in this feeling of how do we make it easy? How do we make it pleasurable? How do we make it, you know, not not a bad experience? And we actually generated, like I said, new code and new software, new features to kind of give that white glove, uh, you know, first class experience to the fans where 
on, on a city front, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like we're just trying to give yeah. people a bad experience, but again, the, the drivers are typically efficiency and compliance. These are the things that drive because everybody wants to be able to park on the street and we got to make sure that turns over. Whereas here we came at it from, Hey, we, we, we want everybody who comes in to have a first class experience. So it was a little bit different. So it is different in, in, in that sense. Okay. You know, let me, let me project out for 2025. So that's a couple more years down the road here. What do you, you know, and you, and I know you're thinking about this really because you are the expert on, uh, on this whole uh, parking uh, environment here. What would you project out in 25? What, what, what's a parking lot going to look like? So I definitely think um, more things can be added to make every parking experience a better experience. And if we're looking at venues in particular, I think that's where you have the opportunity to draw in a lot more of the new technologies. You know, COVID has pushed much, most of us to the front where we're probably doing Uber Eats more, we're probably doing uh, Skip the Dishes more, or whatever the, uh, you know, the, the, the service that you're looking for by phone. There's nothing stopping us from tying in more of these things. Why not go um, to a venue and plan to have your beer delivered at, uh, you know, at the third inning? And all of this can be just, you know, touchless. Someone could just deliver it. You don't have to worry about it. It's already tied to your seat. It's already tied to your license plate. It's already tied to one account. I could see us drawing in more and more of these things. Because at the end of the day, you know, at, at least I, I'll speak for myself. When I go to these events, I want it to be an escape from everything that is, uh, you know, a headache, everything that's a, a pain. I don't have to think about anything. And I think more and more, you know, if we draw on some examples, I think um, movie theaters have, have started going this way. Like, you know, it's not just to go there and get a movie. You could now tie in your snacks. Some of them are having more of a, almost like a VIP treatment where you show up, you can even have a meal. All of that is part of the experience. Why not bring in all of this? And the reality is, if it's all organized ahead of time, or if it's something I could do very quickly on my phone and arrange it, I, I think I think that will make the experience that much better. And I could I could definitely see some of these things working itself into the equation uh, in the next couple of years. You mentioned earlier too about uh, part of the experience is get to get to know the behaviors of the spectator. Yeah. So you see that data collection process might be even part of this twenty twenty five movement. Absolutely. So. That's a, that's a that's a very that's a very keen insight. You know, um, when we looked at the the Marlins, for example, there are many different ways people can pay or, or, or arrange for parking. You know, if you're a season ticket holder, you might have a couple of seats already associated to your uh, to your box or something like that. There was employees. There were certain VIP people. Then there's the you know the the everyday fan that just showed up that didn't reserve ahead of time. He could pay by phone or pay at the pay station. All of this information is in the system, and as you show up. All of this information is being collected. So you could start to look at stats and say, well, look, I want to know how many of my VIPs show up before the first inning or how many of them show up after the third inning. That might make you adjust the way you want to maybe run some ads or run some commercials or run some promotions. Um, you know, and, and then you find out, hey, most of your uh, you know, um, unregistered fans show up at this time. All of this is interesting data to better understand your fans, your fan behavior, so you could better cater to them. I think we're on the same page. Um, I won't wait till 2025 to interview you again on a podcast. I think we need to do it annually to see how we're progressing toward really the evolution of uh, data collection, uh, using the data well to apply to the behavior uh, alongside this, the seamless 
effort to cut all the, uh, you called it, the, all the dirt out of the way so that from the time I leave my house, the time I leave that garage to go home, it's been a wonderful experience for you and your family. That's, that's what you're driving at. So wh- where can stadium owners learn more about the effort that Genetex is making? You know, I, I, they need to know a little bit more. You're on top of the game. And where do, where do they go? So if you go to www.genetech.com slash parking, if you scroll down, um, there is a permit list uh, parking or virtual permits. If you click there, you'll find out the information on uh, this particular uh, solution that we we implemented at the uh, Lone Depot, which is the home of the Marlins. The home of the Marlins now too, yeah. Well, Chris, what can I say? Uh, What we really summarizing today that, in in all cases, parking is a critical aspect of the new fan experience. And we have to do everything we can with technology um, to enhance that, what you're doing, uh, and along with people and process so that it's, it's, it's smooth. Well, listen, thank you so much. Great uh, podcast with you and uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Lou. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. Thank you.